Bless the Lord and welcome to This Is The Day Ministries podcast series. I'm your host and elder, Dr. Courtney Alexander Harris. Today is March 8th, 2023. It is beautiful to be in the land of the living. It is beautiful and a wonderful thing to be under the control of a loving, faithful, just, merciful God as the God that we serve. Amen. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God who created the heavens and the earth. Amen. To God be the glory. I'm excited to be back with you. As always, there are so many topics to discuss. It's like, which one do you choose? Um, I am uh, contemplating moving our podcast to video uh, and maybe maintaining the, the, the audio bo- bo- podcast as well. But with so many things that are before us, you you... You know, we live in a we live in a visual society now with all of the videos and with all the content that's being put before us. And it's you know, depending on depending upon the type of person that you are, it can really um impact how you receive the information. Amen. Um sometimes, you know, we have different types of learners, right? We have those who, who learn by doing, we have those who learn by instruction. And we have those who just love to go by trial and error, you know, fail, 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 try again, try again until um, the ultimate goal is accomplished. So regardless of all of those things, God is still on the throne. Amen. We still are under his control and his authority. Amen. Um, even though there are, uh, it, seem, it seems there, there are a lot of um, advances in wickedness, uh, which there are, God is still in control. Amen. And we have to understand that as believers, as soldiers, as part of the army of the Lord, that we must be on post because we understand and we must understand that the enemy's job is to defeat us. But here's the thing. You already have the victory as a child of the king. You already have the victory. So if you understand, if you truly understand that you have the victory, then you can't walk around in defeat. See, we walk around in defeat when we don't know who we are. We walk around defeated when we don't understand what God has already done for us. We don't understand. Um, we walk around defeated when we don't understand the promises that God has given to us. And why don't we know those things? Because, and it's a, it's a very basic answer, is because our relationship with the Lord is infantile. Our relationship with the Lord is non-existent. Our relationship with the Lord is doubtful. You know, we have all these reasons why we can't do this, why we can't do that, why we can't just excuse one after the other when it comes to the thing that is most important, and that's your salvation. That is your soul, because that's what at stake. That's that is what is at stake at the end of the day. You know, yes, you want to be successful on your job. You want to be successful with your family. You want to have a fat bank account. You want to drive nice cars, live in a nice home. All of that is well and dandy. However, keeping it's all well and dandy so long as you keep in mind that none of that is going to go with you. You can only enjoy that um, provided you are in a physical condition to physical condition to be able to enjoy, to move around, to, to pick up things, to, 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 to go with the flow of things. And also mentally, you have to be in a mental condition to be able to enjoy some of the nice things, right? But again, must you must understand that that 
all those things are temporary. Don't miss what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't be the best. I'm not saying don't don't be the best at, at who you are. Don't be the best in your craft and give it the best that you can, not being in competition with others, but being in competition with yourself, not being lazy, saying, you know what, I can do this, or you know what, I was cheating myself. I was half-stepping. Let me do better next time. Because, see, even when we are trying to be in competition with others, our focus is no longer on God. Our focus is not even on us improving necessarily ourselves. Our focus is on being better than the next person. And God doesn't call us to be better than people. He didn't, he didn't, I don't recall anywhere in Scripture where he said, well, make sure you strive to be better than the next person. No, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What are the commandments of the Lord? We're supposed to be letting our light shine. We're supposed to be discipling others, to, bringing them to the kingdom of God. Amen testifying of his goodness, sharing the word of the Lord. Amen. Those are the things that we should be about as Christian believers. And you can be about those things and be a, a, a excellent work on your job. You can be about kingdom and, and um, be a great husband to your wife and a great father to your son and to your daughter. Absolutely. Those two things actually go hand in hand. You, you can't say, well, I'm an I'm a awesome soldier for the Lord, and then you're treating your family like trash. That's good. Why? Because that's contrary to the word. I am provide. I am to care for my family and take care of them as Christ has taken care of me. I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ is loving the church. He loved the church. He loved the church. Gave his life for it. Am I? Am I? Am I modeling that same type of posture towards my wife? Am I caring for her? Am I making sure that she's well fed, not just physically but spiritually and mentally, being fed into a good place where she can operate in optimal health? You got to understand the enemy doesn't want you to partake in any of that. The enemy wants you to be distracted. Even if, you're, if your boss is tripping, he wants you to be focusing on that instead of focusing on, on, you know what? That boss needs Jesus. That boss needs the love of the Lord in their life. That boss needs to be forgiven. That boss needs to understand that, that Christ died on the cross for his sins so that he might have an opportunity in life. He doesn't want you looking at that. He wants you looking at all. Oh, he tripping. He, he makes me upset. He asked me to work more hours. He asked me to do more work. I'm already overworked and underpaid. So you, so you, so you, you, uh, so you assess for your own situation. He doesn't want you focusing on what's important. God does not care about uh, your jobs in, in the sense of eternity. He cares about how you're responding in that job. He cares about how you're conducting yourself. He cares about your character and integrity as someone who's saying that they love the Lord. That's what God is looking at. God can give you any job. Jobs are everywhere. And guess what's going to be with each job? You are. How are you responding in whatever atmosphere you find yourself in? Are you going with the flow? Are you participating in the foolishness? Or are you standing up for holiness? Because I tell you, again, the enemy, he wants to take everything from you. But you gotta know who you gotta know whose team you're on. You have to know whose team you are on. You have to know who you're serving. <clears throat> you have to know that. And you can't know it just in 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 lip service. You have to know it in relationship. You have to know it in your actions. You have to know it in who you're following, who you who you're congregating with, who you are fellowshipping with. You have to know. Who are you with? Let's read John 10. Amen. It says, verily, verily, I say unto you. And verily is like a firm. It's like, amen. This is it. I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, 
but cometh up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Did you hear that? He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold. The sheepfold is where, where the, the, the cattle are kept, right? That's, 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 that's like they house. That's like they, 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 they're, they're part of the house, if you will. That's where they congregate. <laughs> verily, verily, John said, I say unto you, he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. See, if there's a door, why are you coming through the, the window? Why are you sneaking in on top of the roof trying to come down the chimney? Why are you digging a hole trying to come up from under the house? There's a door. So if you're coming another way, it's illegal. It makes you a thief and a robber. That's the enemy. Verse 2 says, 10 and 2, but he that entered in the door, in by the door, is the shepherd of the sheep. Because see, the shepherd is going to come the way that's legal because he has a right to be there. Shepherd is a herdsman, going to keep the going to keep the team together. Verse three to him, the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. So the porter is like the doorkeeper. The guy standing at the at the door is going to open it and let the sheep come in. The sheep is going to uh, I mean, the shepherd, the sheep is going to hear his voice. Time to go calling on the sheep by name and he's going to lead them out. They respond to the voice of the shepherd. Verse four. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep will follow him for they know his voice. The sheep are going to follow the voice of their shepherd. Who is the shepherd? The shepherd is the one who's caring for the sheep, keeping them from harm and danger, giving them the food that they need, keeping them in line. Verse five. And a stranger will they not follow. But will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. If the sheep does not recognize the sh the, the voice of uh, that shepherd, because there's more than one shepherd as it pertains to um, sheep herders, they're not going to follow him because they don't know that voice. They have drawn to love the voice of the 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 sheep the, uh, shepherd that has been caring for them. They know that voice; it's very distinct. And when they hear some other shepherd calling them, they don't respond because they are unfamiliar with that voice. Oh, that doesn't sound right. No, we're not going there. Somebody calling, but they're not calling us because we don't know that voice. Verse six, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Jesus was always trying to communicate, to communicate he was always trying to communicate and he used parables as a means to get what uh, the, the message across of what he was trying to convey. But in this parable, they did not understand. Verse seven, he said, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. He says, look, he's going to tell them point blank in this parable that I just gave you. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Why? Because they were coming illegally. They were not coming the right way. Verse nine, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
You, when you come the right way or when you come legally into a situation, then you can enjoy everything that's involved in that situation when you come the right way. Why? Because it's, you're legal. It's when you come illegally when problems arise. What is pasture? They go out to eat. They can grow. They can increase. Pasture is like, man, yes, this is where we need to be. We're safe. We can just chill. In verse 10, and this is our climax. But the, the thief, the thief coming not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. See, when you come the right way, when you come to when you come through the door, when you come to Christ, you're you're coming to a wealth, a world of riches. Jesus is not attempting to steal anything from your life, but to give. He's come that you might have life and they might have it more abundantly, exceedingly. Some number or measure or rank or need that's more, more abundantly. This is what Christ wants to do for us. The thief is not the thief is is. Is its aim, his aim is to take from you. The thief does not want you to be successful. The thief will the thief will give you riches of the world, but not let you know that the aim of giving you those riches is so that you will fall. He won't tell you that the aim of those riches is not only for you to fall, but to keep your eyes off of the Savior. That's why the enemy is deceptive. That's why the enemy is interested in only in deceiving you and tricking you, getting you to take your eyes off of what you should be focused on. And that should be focused on the Lord. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill and to destroy. All of those are negative. There's nothing positive about stealing. Why? Because if you steal something. You've taken something that didn't belong to you. So you've taken something from someone else that obtained it legally. And now you're attempting to enjoy something that you did not earn. That's stealing. In our uh, uh, society, when you steal, the penalty is going to jail. The penalty, it depends on how severe it is. You can go to jail, you can get a fine, a ticket, what have you. But you're going to have to deal with the law enforcement because the law says you can't steal. What else? He comes to kill. To kill is to take a life. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to kill you. He wants to kill everything associated with you. He wants to kill the, the growth of your family, the development of your, your uh, marriage. He wants to kill your relationship with your children. He wants to kill your progression on your job. He wants to kill your um, relationships with other believers. Why? Because all of those things are about growing. All of those things are, are, are good things. Your relationship with your husbands, your relationship with your wife, wives, your relationship with your husband, that's a good thing. Parents, the relationship with your children, that's a good thing. Believers, relationships with other like-minded believers, that's a good thing. He doesn't want you to enjoy any of that. He wants to destroy it all. To destroy. Ultimately to destroy. He'll give you, he'll give you some money. 
He'll give you some uh, popularity. But it's all to destroy you. It's all to bring you down, not to draw you closer to, to the Lord. Absolutely not. The, the enemy doesn't want uh, you to have anything to do with serving the Lord. He don't want you to be in a relationship with the Lord. That's why he don't want you to go to church. He doesn't want you to be around like-minded believers. He doesn't want you to listen to godly music. He doesn't want you to. Uh, he wants you to listen to profanity, profane music. He wants you to to watch all sorts of foolishness on, in front of your eyes, whether it's pornography, it's um, gore, gory um, films, horror, things that are uh, entice fear. Uh, films that are about adultery and homosexuality, all of that stuff. That's what the enemy wants you to fill your mind with. To get you away from what God has designed for family, what God has designed for relationship. The enemy doesn't want you to have anything to do with godly things. Why? Because he wants to destroy you. You got to understand that's his nature. The thief coming not but to do this, still killing to destroy but Christ has come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Is the enemy going to give his life for you? I think not. The enemy wants to take down as many people as he can. What did Christ do? What did the son of God do? He came to give his life so that we may have life and not just have it, but have it more abundantly. So while you're out there serving it, trying to figure out whether or not you want to really be saved or not, listen, there's there's really no option when you when you put all the cards on the table and you see it for how it really is. There's there's really no choice. Let's put it in a, in a parable. Will you take a job that's going to that would take 100 hours to complete successfully and accept 10 hours of pay for it? Would you would you accept that up front, knowing what it was? No, you wouldn't, because you're like, this is not worth it. This is ten. This is ten times the hours, uh, ten times the hours of of what's being paid. A hundred hours of work for ten dollars? No, you wouldn't. Nobody would do it. Or at least people who are um, <laughs> aware of uh, finances and and what what worth their time is in in this society you wouldn't so why do you why do you why do you do that when it comes to your salvation why do you do that when it comes to your relationship with the lord why are you calling yourself a christian but you you partake in everything that's ungodly because i'm telling you there is a there is going to be a time to 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 count up the cost to count up all the things that you've done you're going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for your life. But, you know, you don't want to hear about that now. You don't want you don't, especially from people that love you. You don't want them to say anything about your life. I'm talking about true believers. Well, first thing comes out of your mouth when somebody talks about what you're doing. Well, you want to say, well, you're judging me. Well, we don't want judgment. And we think that judgment is, is illegal. But how is it judgment when, when you're speaking truth? I'm not talking about somebody that's telling you not to do something that they're doing. Tell you, you, brother, you cheating on your wife, and you telling this other guy not to do it because that's the wrong thing to do. That's that's a that's a you're being a hypocrite. Matthew seven talks about that. How are you gonna talk tell somebody about something when you're struggling with that? 
You have no victory in your life and you want to talk to somebody about that. You need to get yourself together first, then come talk to them. Let's do things in order. But I'm telling you, you got to understand that the enemy's mission is to destroy you. So why are you continuing to serve and why are you continuing to play on his team? Are you think you're going to miss something? Because that's a misconception. What you you actually going to miss something, keep playing on the devil's team, you're going to miss heaven. That's what you're going to miss. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a bigger, a bigger thing here is at stake. We're talking about your soul. We're not talking about money, material possessions, relationships with people. We're talking about your soul here. And that's what's important. The thief is going to take everything from you. When you're going to stand up and believe God. Trust God. See that what God is saying and establishing his word is what is going to bring growth in your life. That's going to benefit you. It's going to do nothing but benefit you. It's like the lottery. You know, people want to play the lottery because they want to get quick, but they don't want to do any work. They're allergic to hard work. They're allergic to doing some work to, to earn, earn finances. You know, honest days work. I hear the, you know, it's, Older people will say, you know, honest days work, honest days pay. Now you want to go to Quick Rock. You're going to spend all your little money going to the Quickie Mart to buy Quick Picks and Mega Millions. And you spend $30, 40 50 $100 on lotto tickets. But you won't go out there and get a job. Trying to quit, get rich quick. No, that's not the way. That's not the way. Because you're not learning anything. And if you haven't learned to manage finances, what, what do you think you're going to do when you get that millions? You're going to squander it because you don't know how to manage money. So everything that we do, there, there's an opportunity to learn. You earn, you work and you earn money. You learn how to manage money and you 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 will appreciate the value of money. You won't just throw it out and squander it. Go spend it up. Spend the whole check. You're like, no, I can't do that. You may do that a couple of times. And you're like, man. I can't do that anymore. I have things to take care of. That's growth. That's development. That's maturity. And that's what that's what you need. Bless the Lord. But the enemy is not going to tell you that. Man, go take that check. Go, 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 uh, go buy some um $200 Jordans. And you have no more money coming in. If you can afford it, praise God. Go for it. But if you're struggling, then you gotta you gotta reconsider. What you spending your money on? It's just not being a good steward because it comes down to stewardship. Everything is connected. It's all connected in, in, in some way or another. We're not going to escape one area of life and say, "Well, that's totally off. I, I got this area, but I don't have this area." It's, it's connected. You grow together. Your body grows together. Hallelujah! And give God all the honor and the glory because He is amazing. He is wonderful. Hallelujah. We want to continue. I want to encourage you to continue to, to study the scriptures. Continue to read your word. Stop getting caught up on things that don't matter and get caught up on things that do matter. And your soul matters. So what matters from that point is, are the decisions that you're choosing uh, to go with in your life. The relationships, the, the, the things that you partake in, the things that you uh, agree to, all of that relationships even employment, what, where are you going to work? Like You have to make decisions even on that. Amen? To God be the glory. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it while we have time. While you have time. You need to serve the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Give it all you got like you're giving things that don't matter all you got. 
You got it backwards. Let's give our all to the Lord first. Let's let's make that our relationship with the Lord a priority. You need to make it a priority. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, then guess what? <laughs> there is a I did a podcast on making our making your relationship with the Lord a high priority. Season four, episode six. Amen. I've been your host and elder, Dr. Courtney Alexander Harris. I love you with the love of the Lord. And I want you to succeed in the things of God. Amen. See, this is this is how I feel and not just how I feel. This is what I know. When God is a priority in your life, the things that you used to want to do or thought were important that you needed to accomplish or be successful with, that changes. Because when you're when you're focused on your relationship with the Lord, the Lord will let you know what's important. What do you need to spend time on and focus on and put energy into? And I guarantee you, a lot of stuff that you're killing yourself over putting energy into, the Lord is not even concerned about that. Because it's out of line, it's out of balance, it's out of whack. Priorities are all off. Brothers, continue to love your wives, even if they act in bogus. Wives, continue to love your husbands if they act in bogus. And submit that to prayer. Submit it to the Lord in prayer. Because see, we, we want to go try to jam up people. And you need to do this and do that. Well, let the Lord work on their heart. And be faithful. And look and see, if you can, look at them how the Lord sees them. The Lord sees that they needed to be saved. And hopefully they got saved and they have things to work on. Amen? So try to look at it that way and, and not take it so personal. Continue to raise your children up because the world wants to turn them out. The world wants them to be gay. The world wants them to be transgendered. The world wants them to be confused. And they're teaching them that in school and social media and all these other places. So be in the life of your children. Brothers, husbands, be in the lives of your children. Be in the lives of your wife. You have to protect them. You have to cover them. You're the strong. They, look, the enemy want to get to your family. He got to go through you. So if you've been slacking on your relationship with the Lord, it's time to chill with that slacking and get in gear. Amen. Brothers, you hear me by the spirit of God? It's time to stand up. The enemy is not playing. He wants to take you out and he'll use your wife. He'll use your son. He'll use your daughter to distract you from keeping your eyes, looking to the hill from which cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We got to continue to keep our eyes focused. Amen. Understand, look, we're fighting against the enemy. We're not fighting against our brother. We're on the same team fighting against the same enemy who was already defeated. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, my aim is to continue to encourage you, encourage the hearts of God's people. Share this uh, podcast with those who need encouragement. Amen. Amen. The, the social media um, and the Internet is full of all manner of foolishness. We need to continue to spread things that are sound doctrine, that is biblically sound. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Until next time, I love you with the love of the Lord. Stay focused. Stay encouraged, people of God. The enemy wants to distract you. Amen. Stay focused. Hallelujah. I'll see you on Sunday, 10 a.m. Praise and worship. Be there. 3400 Michigan Street, New Chicago, Indiana. This is the Day Ministries. God bless you. This is the day.